In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. When you hear the words courageous leadership, what comes to mind? Well, first of all, leading courageously. Uh-huh. Go deeper, Lisa. Well, I would say being bolder and taking risks wherever I lead. Okay, now we are unpacking the punch, and that is what we are going to be discussing today. So welcome to Girlfriended, where we want to rally you to do the remarkable. This is Patty and Lisa, and today we are talking about being bold and risque. Which is interesting, because in the last three days, we have done um, some leadership trainings with women, and we have been sitting in rooms with women, telling them to be women of influence and to take their leadership. And we've heard so many women say, I am not a leader. I know. You know what? That is so interesting because there are so many women that are leading, and we have powerful women, even in our lives. I know on Sunday we did a whole leadership conference, and the women in that room were, you know, CEOs. They were regional directors. There are some powerful women, and yet we all have a tendency to feel so inadequate, and we don't really know that we're doing a good job leading. You almost need someone. You need advocates to say you're doing a great job. And we were even laughing because one of the gals there, she, she claimed that she was in, in a midlife crisis, and uh, she decided to change her name. Yes, she did. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> and he announced it to us first. <laughs> yes. And uh, she said it wasn't that much of a name change because she was really only changing a vowel. She was only going from Judy to Jody. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we mocked her and gave her grief, but she was very serious about that. And, you know, effective leadership does require the willingness to make changes. Because leading really is about influencing others, and it's about how you lead your own life and how you impact others through your influence. And it doesn't matter whether you feel like a leader or not, you are impacting and influencing and leading others' lives. Well, today on our show, we're excited because we have two high-capacity leaders joining us here at Girlfriended, um, Alan McRae and author-speaker Lori Beth Jones. Well, there's a quote that Alan, that Alan says, and he says, a key to living a, f- a fulfilling life is understanding how we think, why we feel certain things, why we react in different ways to different people and different situations. Well, this is what our first guest and founder of Life Impact, Alan McRae, believes and provides. Alan holds graduate degrees in marriage, family, and child counseling, and he is also a certified life coach. Well, Alan, welcome to Girlfriend at Radio. Today we are talking about courageous leadership with, 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 and we, to say. yeah, and we've had lots of caffeine, so this is good, which just acknowledging yourself as a leader is courageous in itself for many people. 
And even if it means a name, a name change and being confident in going forward and doing that. So much of leading is understanding yourself and others. So briefly share your passion in with uh, personalities and temperaments, Alan. All right. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And you have an exciting subject. And I think one of the greatest untapped leadership uh, pools that we have in the country is is women. And unfortunately, in our culture, women have not been allowed that role as effectively as men has. But one of the things that has to happen is a good understanding of oneself and an understanding of others. And one of the things about understanding ourselves is having an awareness uh, to understand our moods, our emotions, our drives, as well as their effect on other people. When we have that kind of understanding, we can be very high impactful and influential leaders. Okay, so what would be a tip? Because this is this is really interesting. How we don't even understand the fact that we have to know who we are. To a lot of women, that that's a new concept. It's like, what what do you mean? I don't know who I am. So, what's a tip in figuring out who am I? So, first of all, understanding your temperament or personalities. I use those uh, synonymously. Finding out what what behaviors that we have how and why we respond to certain situations we do, what makes one person's drive is to have fun while another person's drive is to be in control, while another person's drive may be to just have peace and quietness and another to have uh, a perfect world, uh, everything correct and right. So we have these built-in, innate, God-given uh, characteristics that are part of our makeup, and the more we know that, then the more we understand why and how we are responding to situations in our life, and then we have more control and able to understand that when we're responding inappropriately or we're overreacting, and we, you know, we look back at that and say, why in the world did I say that, or why didn't I say that? Mm-hmm. So we have to have this understanding of ourselves, and and I emphasize three areas, understanding our temperament or personalities, understanding our emotional EQ, our emotional intelligence, and understanding our values and beliefs, because our internalized values and beliefs drive behavior. Personality style tells us how we behave, Values and beliefs t- drives that behavior, tells us the why of our behavior. And so those you- are really great distinctions, Alan, because I think so many times we get really confused on this whole personality thing, knowing um, is this how I was wired and born and, and am I capable of changing and adapting? And I know when you take, there's certain tests you take and it says this is your natural instinct and this is your adapted behavior. Right. And so there's so much of that. And I think as women, too, we... Uh, we take on a lot of guilt or we, um, when we respond, like you said, to a certain way, um, we, we, we don't have freedom to be who we are a lot of times because we've had people silence our voice or tell us we don't have value or we shouldn't lead or we shouldn't speak up in certain, certain situations. And yet if, if our temperament is wired really to be bold and assertive, those temperaments, it, it really stifles and it's, it's really hard. Yeah, and unfortunately, in our culture, 
the uh, the high D or high uh, D dominant woman in our culture is not valued as much as the high D man. Mm-hmm. The high dominant charge take charge man is considered a leader of leaders, a leader of men. Unfortunately, in our culture, it's often that the dominant take charge woman is considered something else in our culture. Yeah, the high D goes to a high B in our culture. Yes, <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly right. I can't believe she just said that. <laughs> I, would wa- I would be one of those high Bs in our culture. So, so. And that's very unfortunate. But uh, And much of and I've been working on some material uh, for my seminars <clears throat> that uh, dealing with shame-based behavior and so much of behavior, our temperament, is modified by shame. Mm. And uh, I hate to say this, let me preface it by saying I was a pastor for four decades, so I understand the church world very well. But unfortunately, much of church culture and religious culture is shame-based, built on control, mm-hmm. which really modifies much of the temperament behavior um, of, of people, and I think especially women. Well, I think for women, for, for some reason, um, we there's that submission and, you know, being humble that we have to um, put our personality in that box. Mm-hmm. And rather than looking at, uh, you know, obviously who Jesus was, and Jesus believed him in himself and was the most, you know, confident uh, leader, and, and it was crucial. That was in an amazing quality, obviously, in Jesus was his leadership. And so many times as, as women, we think that that's arrogant if we see ourselves as a leader or if we believe in ourselves so much rather than believing in the giftedness and the strength that God has given us. Yes, and that's very, very culturally motivated, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing is, our destiny is, is tied to our identity. If we don't know who we are in Christ, and we don't know who Christ is in us, we'll never attain our destiny. So the biggest attack the enemy has on all of us, male, female, is our identity. Mm-hmm. So we're never good enough, which is the very basis of shame. We're not, we're not educated enough. We're not sexy enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not. We don't. We need. To, we're not. We're not the right size. We're not the right weight. We're not. We're not this. We're not that. So that's that shame base that modifies, represses everything that we really are. And so we get stuck in this, and again, I think women probably suffer, not that men don't suffer for it, but in our culture, I think women end up suffering more for that than that than, than others. But I believe God's raising up women as leaders in our nation because we need we need the intuitiveness that women have, we need the sincerity that that touch that women have that men don't have. And I think we need both. It's not it's not a us and them. It's it's finding out how God created us to work together and to fulfill the kingdom destiny. 
And uh, until that happens, we'll never change cultures and take nations and cities. Mm. Well, we only have a few seconds, so we have to take a, a commercial break, Alan. We want to come back. You talk, I know you do workshops and, and you speak around, and you talk about people understanding what their non-negotiables are and, and understanding yes. who they are and their values, like you talked about. When we come back from a break, let's, let's talk about that and kind of unpack that a little bit more because we don't really become students of ourselves and understand who we are, what matters to us, what our value system is. So when we come back, we're going to talk with Alan McRae and understanding your temperament. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on Togginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are talking with Alan McRae. And, Alan, you left uh, the last segment talking about we want to take cities and nations. So we like that a lot. (laughs) So unpack that a little bit. How, How do women figure out who they are so we can see ourselves as being able to, not that we're putting the men around us down, but that we, we can take on cities and nations the way that Jesus wanted us to. Absolutely. And the more we know about ourselves and the more we know about other people, the more effective we'll be in relating to them. Uh, there's a great quote that, that I like to use by uh, William Burnback. He said, nothing is so powerful as insight into human nature. What compulsions drive a person, what instincts dominate their actions. If you know these things about a man or a woman, you can touch them at the core of their being. See, I believe our personalities is really a reflection of who God is in us. It's his image in us. And we can unpack that later. But when that image is touched in somebody, a believer or even a non-believer, but you resonate, you touch that in them, it resonates. When you touch that part of a person, then you have influence with that person. Mm -hmm. So when we touch an individual 
at the image of God in them, then it wakes up the very presence of God that they may have stifled. But when that happens, some powerful, powerful things take place. And when we do that on the job, or we do that with our mate, we do that with our children, or we do that with the stranger on the street, we gain immediate rapport and access and influence with them. You know, that is such a profound statement. That there's, there's a lot there to unpack. How? Let's go to the how of that, because you're saying you, you touch a person's core. A lot of that comes from asking questions and asking the right questions to get somebody to even open up and start talking. We, many women have never had anybody really sit down face-to-face and ask them some questions to really challenge them to go inside the core of their being. It's kind of an untapped place inside. How do you get to that place, whether you're on the job with a you know a fellow coworker or you're leading somebody at work, uh, you're sitting around a table with, with other leaders and you're trying to get to the core of the issue. So many times in leadership and just in life, we, we, we deal with issues at a level that is just putting a Band-Aid without really going down to the core. Address how you get to that place. First of all, it comes by listening, not mm-hmm. talking. <laughs> you have to listen to those people, observe their body language, observe their manners, and you can get a quick insight. One of the things that I teach my seminars is how to, to read other people, how to know their personalities without them taking a you know, a big um, profile, but just their mannerisms, their behaviors, the language they use tells you very quickly what their temperament or personality is. Once you know that, then you know how to speak to that person. Like the high D person, they're bottom line people. They don't want details. They're not into the warm fuzzies. They just want the facts and they want them now. Now, they may be the type that after they get that, they want some small talk, but then if you got the high eye person, they want a little connection before you get to the bottom line. And if you can set, and I've sat with doctors in groups of doctors and lawyers and educators, and you watch these dynamics and you can touch them at their core simply by responding, not out of your personality, but responding to their personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is powerful. I've taught parents how to do this with their children. I've seen, I've seen broken families turned around simply because suddenly you're not you're not talking to them out of your personality. You're talking to their personality, and their behavioral style gives you immediate rapport. Unfortunately, many salesmen are taught this stuff, but and they know how to sell to us, but we don't know how to communicate to one another based mm-hmm. on this, and it's very powerful. And um, it is funny, uh, like you said, with a, a high D, because you see that so, so many times where a high D will come into a room and they, you know, they want the bottom line, they want results, and how if they would learn that you're going to, you're going to get those results if you would just acknowledge and listen to a few personal things before you have to jump in and get to business because so many times they're wounded. You know, the high I is wounded during the day because they couldn't figure out why D didn't acknowledge something that's going on in their personal life. And uh, so many times the Ds don't don't get that. Lisa and I, I'm a D and she has the high I. And it's so nice when you work together because you can acknowledge that. Even, Even down to an email, 
she'll tell me, okay, you need to put some questions to see how they are before you just go in for the jugular. Yes. <laughs> and, and then you have your... I will tell yeah. her, okay, not so many details. It's just an email. They just want to know a bullet point. Yeah. And then you've got your S personalities who will not speak up until they know you want to hear them. And you have to give them time and space to answer. And unfortunately, we D's and I's don't think there ought to ever be dead <laughs> airspace and oh. ever give the S time to respond. <laughs> oh, Ellen, you're so speaking to me because I am one. I cannot handle just dead airspace. I have to fill it because I feel uncomfortable or like, so, I, so that is my challenge sometimes to go, it's okay to have silence. It's okay to have a pause. So it is so interesting because, and I didn't realize for for so long that it was a temperament thing. So many yeah. times we see that we respond a certain ways and we're like, what's wrong with me? And then you come to understand that really is a temperament thing. And that's why I do certain things. And I think that's freeing for women to understand so many reactions we have or feelings. It is a result of, of how we are wired in our temperament. And when you understand that, even become a student of yourself, it, it is very freeing. But you made a point of like, you know, so many times we we converse with other people according to our own personalities, and we don't yeah. take into account so you'll have an I talking to a D. It, we find so many times that we are drawn opposites attract. We hear that all the time. So even in marriages, so many, most of the time the partners are very different temperaments. I know my husband and I are very different. He's a very high D off the chart. I'm the I. And sometimes, you know, I'll be explaining something, and he'll be like, is the plane going to land pretty soon? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> And, and we're, we're drawn to the opposite, but it creates its own set of challenges. Um, how do you, why are we drawn to opposite temperaments? Because it brings a lot of tension to be managed sometimes. Well, it goes back to the fact that God never created us to be alone. He created us to be in relationships. So when we understand our personality and we understand others, and we're able to respond to their personalities, it, it fills our gaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, you, you, the two of you, one's a D, the other's the I. Well, if you get an S and a C in there, you become a whole <laughs> unity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we D and I's don't give a lot of credence to the <laughs> S's and the C's. Yeah, I was going to say, if we would just allow them to talk, yeah. Yes, yeah, they have to have time. And, of course, all the C's have to give us all the details which we D's get bored with very quickly, <laughs> and the S is just set in the background. And, you know, <laughs> they won't compete for an audience. They yeah. want to know. They want to know that you value what they have to say, and giving them time to say it is the validation. And we D's and I's tend to take an S's uh, silence as consent. And you mm-hmm. should never take the silence as consent. Silence may mean no as much as it means yes. And that's okay. a really good point. That's a really good point. And sometimes with, with that temperament, the silence, it, from my lens, I think they're bored. Because I think if you're not, if you're not gabbing mm-hmm. and laughing, then you're bored. And I remember we did this event years ago, and we had women at tables, and I was, you know, walking the room and making sure everybody was having a great time, and there was a couple gals sitting at this table, and they had sat there literally the entire time, and I kept going back to them going, are you guys having a good time? Are you guys having a good time? Yeah, we're having a great time, and yet 
I didn't see them interacting. They weren't laughing. They weren't moving. And finally, about the third or fourth time that I came there to ask them to make sure, because it was really bothering me, um, the gal looked me in the face and goes, Lisa, I'm not wired like you. I am having a great time. I just want to sit here and work on this. I am having so much fun. And it was really, it was like so in my face. And I, to understand that temperaments, we really are, we express fun in a different way. Yes. So you were measuring fun by your your yardstick. I, oh, yeah, but hers. that's true. We all measure uh, other people by, by our standards and by how we're wired. And that's yeah. where it's so significant to learn the other temperaments and to recognize them in other people and recognize how we need to communicate. So much of, com- of leadership is really is that effective communication, like you said, even just observing body language and, you know, how people Absolutely. respond. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you can read that. That it's not it's not rocket science. It's all you need is a little bit of awareness, a little bit of training and understanding and and, uh, and once you do that it can I've seen it change marriages. I've seen marriages that were just disastrous get changed when the mates understood this stuff. And you know, I've had marriages people have been married twenty five years, thirty years and their lives totally turned around when they come to understand. And like they have said to me, why didn't this come with our marriage license? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the manual? But uh, it, it is exciting, and particularly in the body of Christ today, that that we're becoming more and more aware uh, of this. This has been in the corporate world, in the uh, advertising culture, for decades, and it's been used to have access to us for selling us, influencing us, but we have never used it as the body of Christ to reach the world and influence the world. This is where we start seeing kingdom principles, taking cities, taking nations, changing our families, changing our culture, changing our churches, mm-hmm. and, and seeing them become uh healthier than what they've ever been. Well, Alan, we are a minute away from taking a quick break, and uh, we just want to know a little bit more about how to find you. And um, I know in Arizona you're doing some conferences, so can you give us a little bit more information? I have one coming up this weekend here at CFTN, uh, Friday night and Saturday. Uh, 7 to 9 on Friday night, and then 9 to 4 on Saturday. And it's at 6225 North Central at uh, Church for the Nation's campus here on, on Central. We'd be It's no charge. The church is sponsoring this. Anybody that wants to come is welcome to come. Awesome, Alan. And thank you so much for being on the show with us today. If you want to know more about Alan McRae, you can find a little bit more information on GoFriendIt.com. And we are going to be right back with Lori Beth Jones, so don't go away. And we are excited to continue to unpack this on Courageous Leadership. Well, and, and understanding your, your personalities, and Alan, we so appreciate you just enlightening us with this. And, and we're walking away going, okay, we've got to become better students of ourselves, our own temperaments, and better students of each other so that we can effectively communicate to really be effective leaders and influencers. We'll be right back at Girlfriend at Radio.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is a marriage, family, and child therapist who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on the show and Juliana, check out her webpage. Connect with Juliana in media.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended. Our next guest is a best-selling author and motivational speaker. Lori Beth Jones has been called by Ken Blanchard and others one of the great thought leaders of our time. She has authored best-selling books like The Four Elements of Success, Jesus CEO, The Path, and Jesus Entrepreneur. Plus, she has a host of other writings, and she's just speaking all over and just leading people. Lori Beth is focused, and she is passionate about this topic of leadership. Lori Beth, we are, again, honored to have you join us here at Girlfriended Radio. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, we've had um, three leadership conferences just in the last, well, since Sunday, and we've been blasting your name and really talking behind your back. So <laughs> we hope it was all good stuff. <laughs> you, uh, you have been one of our heroes just in, in reading your books, and we are so excited to have you on the show. And we have so many questions for you, but we want to just hear a little bit about you and why you became so passionate about this topic of leadership. Well, the view is always better from the front of the pack as opposed to the back of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> it's all about 
got the view, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> We're with you. We're into the scenic look and, and the ambiance and all that. Okay. <laughs> and also just realizing that the lack of wisdom in leadership has hor- horrible consequences in terms of emotional damage, financial Mm-hmm. damage, and in many times, the loss of lives. So I believe there's a proverb that says, when the leaders are wise, the nation rejoices. Mm-hmm. So it's not just leaders, because there's leaders everywhere, mm-hmm. gangs, you know. Um, the point is, are they wise leaders? Are they looking out for the flock as opposed to fleecing the flock for themselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's an interesting topic. Lisa and I were just talking about how so many times, you know, we, we get to the point where we, we're hearing so much on leadership and where are you, you leading and where's your destiny. But with social media, um, you really have to be careful on who you're following and who's leading because everybody now is trying to create their own brand. You know, you're trying to get so many followers. You're trying to have so many Facebook friends. And um, we, we have a tendency to... Um, Everybody wants to be there in their own little leadership pack. So, how do you do? You um, do you promote that for just hey, look at where you're leading and look at what you love to do and and make it happen, or would you say collaborate? Well, it's a combination of of both things. I really believe that as each individual gets clearer about what they came here to do, then they will naturally attract and be gravita- and gravitate towards mm-hmm. other people who have the same gifts and uh, passionate focus. <clears throat> you know, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down, the flames were over each individual's head. So you have to have your own pilot light lit in order to go join the group that's going to create more light. That is so true. Yeah. And darkness. You know what? And you talked about a distinction just a minute ago that I think we see so many times. It's talking about wisdom and leading because there are a lot of leaders and and a lot of them are not leading well or leading um, things in the right way for the right reason. And it all goes back to, to wisdom. And you see so many people make decisions that, like you said, have these huge consequences emotionally, financially, relationally. And you just want to go, what were you thinking? What was, your, what was your filter for making a decision? How do you address that, too? And especially as women, I think they have a hard time because we don't take time a lot of times to sit down and go, what really matters? What, is, what are my values? And how am, I, how am I demonstrating those? Well, I was just in a um, leading a group of 65 Methodist pastors this uh, yesterday, in fact, I believe mm. it was <laughs> We talked about how leaders need to work out their issues prior to becoming leaders. I mean, that's the ideal, because mm-hmm. what happens is you will work out your issues one way or the other, but, <laughs> but, um, with what results and what consequences. And Jesus was a master at self-mastery. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things that I tweeted a lot about last week was that leaders need to operate with self-restraint as much as passion. Mm. Good. Okay, so let's unpack that, working out our issues. When we are working with women, it does seem like 
um, so many women are operating out of a place of woundedness, and it's really hard to lead, like you said. If you haven't worked out those issues, it, it comes out your pores, even if, they, if they're not aware of it. Right. So what would be some tips? I mean, not everybody can run to a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Uh, what are some right. tips to work out those issues of just, just how you grew up and, and how you are leading through that lens? Right. Well, in my book, uh, The Path, there's a series of exercises that really um, a psychologist who looked at the book said it's, it's as if you take people step by step into the depths of their being and the darkest place, and then you bring them back up out mm-hmm. into the light. And um, one of the questions is, are you living the unlived life of your mother or father? Mm-hmm. You know, are you trying to win the presidency that your father lost? Or are you trying to create the company that your mother wishes she could have done if she hadn't had six children? You know, when you get a hold, Southern thing, when you get a hold of it, um, you begin to realize maybe what's fueling this isn't, isn't the Holy Spirit, but it's anger from past issues or or an attempt to finish something that wasn't your battle in the first place. That is so interesting. And also on the other end, you're talking about living your authentic life, however you put it. But we also see women living that through their children. Oh, toddlers and tiaras, anybody? Yes, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And you see that so much. You just want to, you know, and then what happens when they get to the stage where their children grow up and they go out of the home these women have crises and meltdowns because they've never lived their own life and they yeah. try to live it through their children. And so this is really a pertinent topic. This is really profound. Trying to really discover, and, and by the way, your book, The Path, highly recommend it. I've read it a couple of times and actually, you know, so many times you read something and it says, do this, do that, and you go, okay, I'll do that another time. I'll just get through the book. I actually sat down and made a list of, like, what I want my ideal life to look like, what it, what it looks like when I get up in the morning, when I go through my day. And, the, and her ideal life was being with me. <laughs> <laughs> she claims that. And, and you know, what it, she really is a part of that. But it, it is interesting, Lori Beth, because I wrote that uh, several years ago, and I actually, on New Year's Day, met with a really good friend who's a, a TV um, newscaster, and we went over your book together. And every, every uh, New Year's Day... We call each other and talk about, I just sent her a text and I said, Lori Beth Jones, the past New Year's. And she wrote me back and said, I got it. I'm on it. So wow. you know you're a part of my New Year's Day with my girlfriend who lives in Texas. But it was significant because in years ago I found that list and I, I was living some of those things. And it goes back to being intentional, identifying and identifying who you are. So the stuff that you are putting out there is very, it's very significant. Well, thank you very much for that. That warms the cockles of my heart. We love cockles. <laughs> yes. And I love your book, Jesus CEO. I just think that it's one of those books that every time you pick it up, you can just get more and more out of it. So thank you for for grabbing your calling and listening to the Holy Spirit. Oh. Well, you know, as, as I'm sitting here visiting with you both, I'm thinking about power and women's power. Mm-hmm. Um, for thousands of years, the only way women could get power was through manipulation. Mm-hmm. 
you mm-hmm. see the mothers trying to get James and John the corner office with Jesus. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, and I'm still all over that. That's right. <laughs> I'm not beyond that at all. <laughs> Isaac, Jacob and Isaac, the, the mothers were always positioning the sons for the blessing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God, literally, and thank social justice and thank, you know, the law and the courts and everything. Women are more empowered than ever before to not have to manipulate others to get what we want, mm-hmm. but to actually move directly towards that. So you don't have to marry wealth or marry uh, into a business or even marry into a political family. You can run for office yourself. And and the the more we realize that and the more quickly we realize it, the better off we'll all be. Mm-hmm. When I was <clears throat> my latest book, uh, Jesus Career Counselor, I did the 12 Dreams of the Holy Spirit. I wrote what the 12 Dreams of the Holy Spirit are. Mm-hmm. and first category under fire is to rise and risk and roar. And it was interesting that rise in Hebrew is a feminine word. Really? Yes. Rise. Get up. (laughs) Go forth. It's feminine. And the other thing that was interesting is I was looking through the Bible for examples of roaring. Who came out but Deborah? Really? Oh, yeah, the the song of Deborah and her calling the tribes to go to war. And she was the, you know, one of the biggest roarers that we have in biblical history. And it was a woman that mm-hmm. led them to victory. So we really need to give up this notion of being silent, of being second place, of trying to get our husbands to live our dreams for us or get what we want through whining. I'm a girl. Can you buy me something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go buy it yourself. Yes. It's really an exciting time for women. The most that, exciting time in history, really. And that gives a lot of hope. That's very hopeful to hear that because women need that those words of encouragement to, to realize that I'm wired a certain way and I can rise and I can roar. And that doesn't mean that I'm a control freak. Um, but it means that I, I'm being who God created me to be and, and being my authentic self. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, so don't go away because we're talking with Lori Beth Jones, author of The Path and Jesus CEO. This is Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. You get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together 
together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's Real Moms in the Real World. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on toginet.com. Attention parents and teachers. Here is a series of alarming yet true facts about the current state of teaching reading in the United States. The federal government has spent close to half a trillion dollars to improve reading ability, and yet we still have over 8 million students who cannot read on grade level. 440,000 students who have a total reading vocabulary of 50 words or less, and a national dropout rate of one new student every 26 seconds. Sadly, one of these could be yours. Fortunately, it's not too late to help. Introducing The Reading Show with Dr. Joe, a fast-paced, highly informative, easy-to-listen-to show led by nationally recognized reading authority, Dr. Joe Lakovich. For more on Joe on the show, check out his website, failurefreeonline.com. Listen in this week to learn amazingly simple ways to turn this problem around. The Reading Show with Dr. Joe, with your host, Dr. Joe Lakovich, Fridays at 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we've been talking with author and speaker Lori Beth Jones, and you had just mentioned uh, your latest book is Jesus Career Counselor, and you gave three R words, rise, risk, and roar. And I love that because that really, that, that gives you an adrenaline rush. Just give you an adrenaline. About yeah, you need, to, you need to put rush in there. So you kind of talked about rise. Uh, let's unpack risk. How, how do yeah. we as women, how do we go out there and really take the risk? Because so many times we don't want to get out of our comfort zone. Very true. And risk, uh, let me just go through the, the 12 dreams all together so people can get a rush about this, okay? Uh, <laughs> like, like fire, God wants us to rise and risk and roar. Like water, God wants us to renew, reflect, and restore. Like earth, God wants us to remain, return, and regenerate. And like the wind, God wants us to revive, rejoice, and release. Okay, we are loving. We always love our words. The you know the things. We're always like that. We love those words. So you are like speaking to our soul and giving us breath. All right. I thought that would get you. That that may carry you through the next hour. I love that. And I remember you talked. I think it was in the past about you had to identify like what of those ingredient um, elements you were. Right. What you wanted to be, and I remember I was I wanted to be rushing water. I felt like the rushing water that you know mm-hmm. is cleansing and flowing, and yet it can be peaceful and calm, and yet it can be, you know, vivacious and and stuff. So I love those analogies. You are great at putting those analogies that evoke an emotion, and I love that because women need that. It kind of stirs us on. We need the cheerleaders. We need the pep talk. So right. giving us a good pep talk here, Lori Beth. <laughs> Very good. All right. So <laughs> to answer the question. Um, Risk. When I heard the dream risk and I wrote it down and all the dreams came to me in almost a single setting. I mean, I just wrote the words down. 
but I couldn't find the word risk in the Bible. And I thought, man, did I hear that right? But then I thought about it, and if you substitute faith for risk, that's mm-hmm. what faith is. Yep. Faith yep. is the risk. And if you took risk, let's imagine that we took risk, we stripped it out of every biblical story, there would be no stories. You're absolutely right. It was the risk of Abraham. It was the risk that Abraham, that Moses took to go back to Pharaoh. It was the the risk of Esther to face the king. It was the risk of Mary to conceive a child by the Holy Spirit. It was the risk of Jesus to go into the town that he knew, you know, where they were going to kill him. It's risk, risk, risk. Rahab the harlot, you know, who mm-hmm. actually is one of Jesus' ancestors. I didn't I realize that. And they also believe that... Um, she married Joshua. Interesting. I hadn't heard that one. And Ezekiel was one of their uh, descendants. So, you know, talk about risk, a risk profile, because I believe uh, Joshua was a wind-fire personality type, and Rahab's a fire, and then you end up with Ezekiel, who is a prophet. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just interesting. But risk, women, we have to step off of the diving board in order to experience the water. Well, and our culture so values safety and yes. comfort to an extreme that when you live a life that's so safe and so comfortable, it becomes very sterile. And what you're well, saying is boring. Yeah. And boring, exactly. And really, risk needs to be a part of our vocabulary, a part of our just who we are. Because when you read not only just biblical characters, but you read anybody famous who's done anything that has an, uh, uh, you know biography written about them, you will find pages of risk they took. And pain. Yes, yes and the pain that goes with that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the joy. I, You know, there's a neighbor on my street, <laughs> and she is constantly complaining about her neighbor who has a jazz session once a week. Or then she doesn't like it when people bring little children, um, you know, into the neighborhood to play, and she doesn't like... And I just felt like telling her, which I haven't, or I need to take a risk and actually say this, is, you know what? It's quiet in the grave. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get plenty of time. You have plenty of time. (laughs) Let's celebrate the sounds of life, shall we? (laughs) Very safe there, too. That's that's a good good way of looking at it. You're very safe in the grave. (laughs) Well, speaking of not being in the grave and uh, not being silenced, what about the roar that you're talking about? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Roar. (laughs) The roar is to rise up in indignation about injustice. We need collectively to say this is not acceptable. This will not stand. Uh, A friend of mine was saying the other day, she said, is the Internet becoming our conscience? Because Mm -hmm. as these images flash across the screen of... uh, a woman who was tortured because she wouldn't become a prostitute or, you know, the woman caught in adultery and is going to be stoned to death. And as her case, as these cases become public, there is just a moral outrage, a roaring mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. can change the destiny of this person and even the destiny of a nation. Arab Spring, that was a roar. So it's, it's an amazing time for people to be able to roar and say, this is not right. 
and for women to take up, to take our voices up. Um, I was just talking to a very dear friend of mine who said quietly she is contemplating wanting to stop trapping of animals in New Mexico. You know, 37,000 animals a year, coyotes and raccoons, are trapped mm-hmm. and left to die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I said, oh, this is a, it's amazing. It's so in line with our values. And it, I said, the wind is at your back right now with animal rights and PETA. And, you know, you get some visual images. It's amazing what we can do with the power of the Internet if we're clear about the cause. Mm-hmm. So... It's not about roaring because we didn't get the Mercedes for Christmas. (laughs) 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 It's about roaring about injustice, Mm -hmm. and we need to do that. Having a voice for those who don't have a voice. Yes. Well, and we're so passionate about um, having women come together, rally them together, and go, you know, together we can make a difference. And we're not individual islands. We're not the Lone Ranger ads, we really are coming together using our influence and, and tackling some of these injustices and having a voice for those who have lost theirs or who don't have a voice. And it really is about that and, and realizing that we can uh, be ambassadors of change and usher in those changes that need to be made by just using our voice and using our personalities and using the platforms that God puts in front of us. And that's exactly what you're doing, and you're giving people permission to do that. And so you're writing and you're speaking, and it's just, we like sitting at your feet. So if you were in the room, we'd be giving you foot massages. Patty probably would, but I would. Oh, <laughs> I would that have would coffee help for you, though. Me. I, I would probably have a cup of coffee for you. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it's easier to roar after you've had your coffee, too. Exactly. <laughs> Well, we we just want to hear a little bit more about um, this book. Are you? Did you create it for women who want are in that entrepreneurial spirit, or just is it just for that everyday woman and how they can lead where they are and have a life of impact? What is the vision of this book? Well, the, every book I've written emanates from my passionate desire for people to get clear about their gifts and their calling and their divine connection, that we have a power source that's unlimited. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are we using it, and are we allowing it to flow through us? Um, I've actually been reading some poetry by Rumi, who was a mystic, and uh, he has some beautiful images, and one of the things he said is, he talks about really a mystical relationship with God, and he says, uh, we are ants who have tumbled into the granary. Hmm. You know, we are drunk with abundance. When we when we get into the the power of a God who can say, "Tear down this temple, and in three days I will raise it again." Mm-hmm. I mean, I just keep thinking about him saying that. It's we have an indestructible spirit, mm-hmm. and yet we go around guarding our egos and withholding our gifts and being cautious in the world. And, you know, we're so fragile, we can break at any raised eyebrow or or someone barking can send us scurrying to the corners. You know, come on, we're bigger than that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're bigger than that. So I think as women, we're conditioned to want to be liked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, women 
say they're sorry a hundred times more than men do. You know, mm-hmm. you bump into someone and a woman says, I'm sorry, or oh, you want attention of a waiter. I'm sorry, could you bring me my ice? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like and it's like, what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll be tipping you. Yeah, I'll be tipping yeah. you. I apologize to, <laughs> to have you do your job. Yes. You know, what are we sorry for? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> really but we glad. do. I do that with my kids. I will say, I'm sorry that I'm getting upset. And my husband looks at me like, why are you apologizing? They're the ones Uh who didn't do the dishes. (laughs) Right, right. So one thing that that as women we need to do, I think, is to quit apologizing. It's almost Mm -hmm. like we need your permission to be here and speak. Mm -hmm. And that that comes from thousands of years of conditioning. And, you know, in, in Scripture, God says, let me hear your voice. Let me hear your voice. Well, your Lori, voice. Beth, Lori Beth, this is this time has gone by way too fast. We would love you to join for you to join us again and just share your wealth of information and your passion because it just oozes out. Um, you have talked about so many different things, and we're going to have a lot of this on our site. And women can find you at Girlfriend at, but and we also they can find you by going to LoriBethJones.com and. You were talking about having a power source that is unlimited, and as women, we forget that, and we forget that, as Ephesians 3.20 says, God wants to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, and maybe it's time for us to start imagining and start asking and start allowing God to do some amazing things in and through us, and thank you for just opening our eyes and our hearts and just giving us permission to see ourselves as roaring and rising and <laughs> rushing and we we are just gonna we're gonna leave this this show this day with some new words in our vocabulary and some new energy you've been listening to Lori beth jones on girlfriend at radio have a great day Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's 